Part two, chapter five of the Pride of Yenico. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Pride of Yenico by Edgerton and Agnes Castle. Part two, chapter five. Narrative of an episode at White's continued it was over a dish of devilled kidneys and a couple of bottles of burgundy that pressed by the eager curiosity of his english friends no less than by the interest of monsieur de villerouge continued to profess his concerns with all teutonic earnestness basil yenico began to narrate his misadventures in the same tone of ironical resentment with which he had already alluded to them it began at Dundane, he said on the little property in suffolk which my mother has placed at my disposal twas some six weeks gone walking through the wood at sundown i was shot at from behind a tree the charge passed within an inch of my face to embed itself in a sapling behind me i was according to my wont an evil habit deeply absorbed in thought and was alone consequently although i searched the copse from end to end i could find no trace of my well-wisher that was number one i gave very little heed to the occurrence at first believing it to be some poacher's trick or maybe the unwitting act of what you call in your country chevalier sunday sportsman who mistook my brown beaver for the hide of a nobler quarry but the next attempt gave me more serious food for reflection this time i was shot at while sitting reading in my study at night when all the household had retired it was close weather and i had drawn the curtains and opened the windows the bullet again whizzed by my ear and this time shattered the lamp beside me no doubt the total darkness which ensued saved me from a second and better aim you are a fortunate young man said the chevalier gravely do you think so chevalier answered yenico with a smile which all the bitterness of his thoughts could not altogether rob of sweetness i do not think any one need envy my fate well gentlemen you can conceive the uproar which ensued upon the event i have just described the best efforts of myself my servants and my dogs failed however to track the fugitive although the marks of what seemed a very neat pair of shoes were imprinted on my mother's most choice flower-beds after this adventure i received a couple more of such tokens of goodwill in the country once i was shot at crossing a ford in full daylight and my poor nag was struck this time i did catch a glimpse of the scoundrel but he was mounted too and poor bess though she did her utmost fell dead after the first twenty strides in pursuit thereupon my mother grew so morbidly nervous and the mystery resisting all our attempts at elucidation i gave way to her entreaties and returned to london where she deemed i would find myself in greater safety and has your friend followed you up here exclaimed sir john forgetting his supper and his interest by george this is a good story i was stopped on the road by a highwayman answered mr yenico quietly nothing unusual in that you will say but there was something a little out of the common nevertheless in the fact that he fired his pistol at me without the formality of bidding me stand and deliver which formality i believe is according to the etiquette of the road i am glad to tell you that i think we left our mark on the gentleman this time for as he rode away he bent over his saddle we thought like one who will not ride very far but faith the brood is not extirpated and the worthy folk who display such an interest in me find hot lead so unsuccessful have now taken to cold steel sir john beddoes damned his immortal soul with great fervour pray sir remarked mr carew with an insinuating smile may not the identity of the murderer be of easier solution than you deem are there no errors to your money i might pretend to misunderstand you mr carew said basil flushing although your meaning is plain 
permit me to say however that i failed to find a point to the jest twas hardly likely you would find humour in a point so inconveniently aimed against yourself answered carew airily but tis a rarity yenico to find a man ready to take up the cudgels for his heirs and successors nevertheless i crave your pardon the more so because i am fain to know what befell you to-night to-night was an ill night to choose for so evil an attempt said the chevalier rousing himself from a fit of musing and looking reflectively round upon the fog which hung ever closer even in the warm and well-lit room it was the very night for their purpose my dear chevalier returned the young man with artificial gaiety faith it was like to have succeeded with them and i make sure mine enemy whoever he may be is pluming himself even now upon the world well rid of my cumbersome existence i was on foot too and what with the darkness and emptiness of the streets i was i may say delivered into their hands but they are sad bunglers one of my pretty fellows in moravia would have done it such a job for me were i in the way to require it as cleanly and with as little ado as you pick your first pheasant in october jack and yet it may be that i am providentially preserved preserved for a better fate here he tossed off his glass as if to a silent toast but why on foot my dear yenico on foot fie fie in this weather what could you expect said carew with a shiver of horror if you were not so fond of interruption mr carew said the chevalier with a sinister smile perhaps we might sooner get to the end of mr yenico's story we are all eagerness to hear about this last miraculous preservation i hardly know myself how i come to be alive i could get no sedan my dear carew and that was just the rub what with lady bedford's card-party in the fog there was not one to be had within a mile and i had given my stableman a holiday i sent my servant upon the quest for a chair but got tired of waiting mindful of my appointment with my friend and neighbour here so it was that i set forth as i said on foot and alone the mist was none so thick but that i could find my way and i was pursuing it at a round pace when opposite devonshire house some fellow bearing a link crossed from over the road came straight upon me without a word raised his torch and peered intently into my face i halted but before i could demand the meaning of his insolence down went his firebrand fizzing into the mud out came his sword and i was struck with such extreme violence that in the very attempt to recover my balance i fell backwards all my length upon the pavement skewered like a chicken and carrying the skewer with me some gentleman happened to reach the spot at that moment there was a cry for the watch but the rogue had made good use of his heels and the fog and was out of sight and hearing in a moment verdant villain cried monsieur de villerouge whose brow had grown ever blacker during this account say my amiable friend did you not get even a lunge at him lunge man i was skewered i tell you i could not even draw his sword twas as sharp as a razor a fine sword i have had it brought to my chambers had gone clean through innumerable folds of cloak and cape back and front only to graze my ribs after all it was bent double by the fall and it took the strength of the watchman and two gentlemen to draw it out again by george they thought i was spitted beyond hope a foul affair altogether murmured carew absently but the sorry jest was lost in the strident tones of the chevalier who now anxiously plied basil as to the surgeon's opinion of the wound and expressed himself relieved beyond measure by the reply at this juncture sir john beddoes who had drunk enough to inflame his gambler's ardour to boisterous pitch began to clamour for his promised revenge and the whole party once more adjourned to the card-room in his heart basil yenico would have been genuinely glad to be unsuccessful at the hazard that night partly from a good-natured dislike to be the cause of the foolish young man's complete ruin partly from a more personal feeling of superstition 
but the luck ran as persistently in his favor as ever carew with drawn tablets began loudly to back the winner challenging all his acquaintance to wager against him but although the high play and sir john's increasing excitement and restlessness as well as the extraordinary good fortune which cleaved to yenico soon attracted a circle of watchers men were chary of courting what seemed certain loss and carew found his easing gains not likely further to accrue suddenly the chevalier who with his cheek resting upon his hand had seemed plunged in deep reflection ever since they had left the supper-room rose and with an air of geniality which sat awkwardly enough upon him cried out to the surprise of all for he had not been wont to back any player in the club and there is really no one to side with my good friend beddoes to-night why then mr carew i will be the man thunderweather beddoes clapping him on the shoulder i believe the luck will turn yet so brave a heart must needs force fortune what shall it be mr carew something substantial to encourage our friend yenico looked down at the pile of vouchers which lay at his elbow it amounted already to a terrible sum then he looked across at the boy's face drawn almost haggard in spite of its youth and chubbiness and sighed impatiently he could not advise the fool to go home to bed yet for himself he was heartily sick of these winnings the dice were thrown again sir john's hand trembling like a leaf and again basil won and again vouchers were added to the heap monsieur de villerouge threw a dark glance at the winner as he stepped up to carew to settle his own debt you should not have backed me said sir john ruefully lifting his eyes from the contemplation of the paper that meant for him another step towards ruin the devil's in it i will play no more to-night nay then cried the chevalier by your leave i will take your place i for one am no such believer in the continuance of mr yenico's good luck there was something harsh almost offensive in the tone of the last words and basil turned in surprise towards the speaker the chevalier he said is very ready to risk his gold against me to-night tis so sir returned the chevalier with such singular arrogance that the watchers looked at each other significantly and carew whispered to a young man behind his chair faith our foreign friend is a bad loser after all basil had flushed but he made no reply and contented himself with raising his eyebrows somewhat contemptuously while he languidly pushed his own dice-box across the table toward his new opponent come said the chevalier seizing it and shaking it fiercely i will not mince the stake a hundred guineas on the main he threw and the result of all his rattling being after all the lowest cast of the evening there was an ill-suppressed titter round the table basil made no attempt to hide his smile as he lazily turned over his dice and threw just one higher the german's face had grown suffused with dark angry crimson the veins of his throat and his temples began to swell doubler quits he cried huskily he threw and lost doubled his stake threw and lost again there was something about the scene that aroused the audience to more potent interest than the ordinary nightly repeated spectacle of loss and gain the extraordinary passion displayed by the foreigner not only in his inflamed countenance but in the very motion of his hands in the rigid tension of his whole body presented a strange contrast to the languor of his opponent it was moreover a revelation in one who had been known hitherto as courteous and composed to formality it is to be hoped some one has a lancet said carew for i believe the gentleman will have an apoplexy unless a little blood be let soon i fear me answered his companion that there will be more blood let than you think for did you mark that look at the same instant the chevalier flung down his box with such violence that the dice rebounding flew about the room and gazed across at basil with open hatred 
as one glad to give vent at last to long pent-up fury by heaven mr yanoko he cried were it not that i have been told how well you have qualified for this success i should think there was more in such marvellous throwing of dice than met the eye but your love affairs i hear and i should have borne it in mind have been so disastrous so more than usually disastrous here his voice broke into a sort of snarl as to afford sufficient explanation for the marvel there was a cold silence then yenikel rose white as death if you know so much about me sir he said in tones that for all the anger that vibrated in them fell harmoniously upon the ear after the chevalier's savage outburst you should know too that there is a subject upon which i never allow any one to touch your first insinuation i pass over with the contempt it deserves but as regards your observation on what you are pleased to call my love affairs i can only consider it as an intentional insult and this is my answer the german in his turn had sprung to his feet but basil yenico leant across the table and before he could guard himself struck him lightly but deliberately across the mouth end of part two chapter five